Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. <laughs> Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. The track that's playing under us right now (laughs) is uh, Sting's Fragile. There's a reason for that because our guest today, Annabeth Gish, wonderful Annabeth Gish, came on our show and talked to us for an hour about her career. She has a very fond connection to a particular song associated with every movie that she made in the 80s. And this is one connected with one of the movies that we'll get to in the interview. Yeah, one would imagine that if we had talked about movies that she did in the 90s and the 2000s, 2010s, that she would probably have a song associated with every movie, but it's particularly awesomely nostalgic that we were like, oh, we want to talk about these movies. And she's like, oh, yeah, I've got this song there. This song this song is, brings me right back to that moment. This song brings me back to that moment. And that's really cool because not everyone has that. And certainly uh, the first guests to, to be that specific when it came to, to scenes and songs that took her right back to those moments. She's kind of the perfect guest for our show. That's the whole premise of our show is the... The movie and then a song from that movie that stood out to us. A hundred percent. It's like it, it, we couldn't have uh, scripted it better. I was so excited when we did an interview. I'm excited now to to launch this launch this interview. Annabeth, you've seen her everywhere. She's she's working constantly. You know, she's been in. I, I feel like I need to should probably reference her her resume. Um, now, for us, you know, the movies in the 80s, that's what we're most fond of. So movies like Hiding Out, Mystic Pizza, Shag, uh, which we talked about uh, two weeks ago. These are the movies that register to us and sort of brand along with $2 Late Fee and, and the movies that we talk about. Annabeth's filmography is so extensive that I didn't want to... Uh, I, I just don't want to miss anything. But, like, you know, she's currently... Uh, she's she's been in the haunting of Hill House, a huge, hugely popular series on Netflix. Super scary, super awesome. Uh, she was in the X Files, Halt and Catch Fire. You know she's guested on like every show that's been on TV in the last ten years. Pretty Little Liars, Sons of Anarchy, Parenthood. I mean the, the list goes on and on. She uh, she did some stints in, in Parks and Rec. I mean she is a beast in the best way. She's always working. And so for us to get her was so awesome. Yeah, she was working right before she did the interview with us. She went back to work right after the interview with us. For her to take the time and sit down with us and talk about her career, talk about everything, talk about, yeah, to, to, to do a deep dive with us was such a great treat. 
you know and for her to for her to do that was really mind-blowing to to me personally i know to both of us it was it was fantastic to have her on the show and it was really fun to kind of dig a little bit deeper and to get to know her uh, a little bit more than outside of some of the roles that we love her in i totally agree but uh all right should we get to it i'm excited let's get to it without further ado we present you our interview with the one the only annabeth gish no boners it's not a bone it's a muscle (laughs) annabeth thank you for joining us today this is this is so special i can't even tell you zach and i I should probably just get our our adoration of you out of the way so then we could just move on to business. But, um, you know, we are we are an 80s movie podcast and you have been in some of the most definitive films uh, of that time period for us. And um, and obviously people know you, you know, you you're you're like in everything every day. Anyway, we see you on the TV all the time. You're in, you know. West Wing, Halt and Catch Fire, The X-Files, all these things. But, like, you know, for us, it's, like, Hiding Out, Mystic Pizza, Shag. Um, And so we just really appreciate you taking the time and and coming on the show. It it means a lot. Oh, I'm I'm honored to be here. In fact, I think, didn't I find out about you and you guys and your podcast via... You had you had posted that video from Hiding Out, right? On which was like classic classic roller skating footage, and it was. And then I found found it and reposted it and loved it. So then I found you guys. I'm so happy. Uh, we, and we are so happy too. I mean that um, that scene from Hiding Out in which you're roller skating with John Cryer. It's like mm-hmm. your first official date, I think, in the movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and he's a terrible roller skater, and and you are not. Yeah, and I took a pretty nasty fall, by the way, as I was re- watching that. I'm like, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> I don't think that was a stunt, I don't, and nor, it certainly wasn't intentional. Well, we every Saturday we post on our Instagram, uh, Soundtrack Saturdays, and Dustin makes this fantastic video, and the collection of cassettes that we use are my own personal collection. Oh, nice. And so I have an extensive uh, – part of our show is – a soundtrack component. We always talk about the soundtrack to a movie, one specific song. And, and so I guess it, we had an upcoming interview with Keith Coogan and we thought, okay, let's promote it with hiding out. And, uh, Justin's like, you have the soundtrack to hiding out. I said, Oh, God. well, you know, <laughs> what's fascinating. I'm sure you've done your research and this, I love this aspect of going into movies through music because for me, music is always the first way in if I need extra help as an actress to to orient myself in a scene. So sometimes I'll play a song or whatnot. And I can I can we can even go through Mystic Pizza and Shag and Hiding Out and I'll give you my my songs that come immediately to mind. Oh wow. Um but because of Hiding Out, you know, Hiding Out was directed by Bob Giraldi, who at the time was a massively successful music video director. Remember MTV those days? Yeah, vaguely. <laughs> it actually was yeah. music videos. <laughs> so, um, you know, he had that sort of music, obviously was going to be a big part of that movie. And the two songs that I associate with Hiding Out are Catch Me, I'm Falling, which is, I think that's the one you played, right? It, or, yes. That, yes. Um, and then the other one is, is, is the Katie Lang, Roy Orbison song, Crying. 
Yep. For which they made a remarkable, epic, beautiful video. Then I saw you last night. You held my hand so tight when you stopped to say hello. You wished me. That song pulls on my heartstrings in that movie so much because it's so emotional. It's just it's beautiful. It really yes, is. Yes, yes. I think the depth of that song probably is a mismatch for the depth of Hiding Out. Yeah. <laughs> Arguably. Arguably. But it did, uh, it did maybe elevate it, perhaps. Oh, no doubt. Katie Lang was... I a, lot of, a lot of people actually forget about Katie Lang nowadays, you know, just... She was had an epic career. Still kind of does, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I I love endurance, as um, I am an example of that in any industry. No <laughs> just doubt. remaining, just endurance, right? Mm-hmm. Forget relevance or whatever, but just endurance is kind of an underrated uh, success mark of success, right? But Katie Lang, to your point, I just saw her at a. Uh, she gave a performance at the Hammer Gala in Los Angeles a couple years ago when nice. we could go to things. Yeah. And she she sang Hallelujah, you know, the Leonard Cohen. Oh, it man. It was just – and, you know, she sings barefoot. She's just – I don't know. I think she's one of those artists, musicians, soulstress singers who will always pull. She She can't help but get emotional when you listen to her. I used to sing barefoot. That's only because I would Did see you? Henry Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a band for a number of years and would sing barefoot on stage because I saw Henry Rollins do it at a um How Lollapalooza. very p- <laughs> punk rock of you. That's rad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not even my genre of music that I prefer to sing, but you know. If I, I, I hate, oh, I'm sorry. I wish no, you had been barefoot, it. Zach, because you had seen Katie Lang do it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was your motivation. <laughs> I'm barefoot now. I'm always, if. If I had an option, I would be barefoot. I, I if I could act bare, I definitely when I do my voiceover work, I need to be barefoot. I need to touch yeah. the ground. Grounding, I love it. Um, but but a concert would be challenging, I think. Oh yeah, for sure, especially on stage. But well, you, yeah. you, you you're from New Mexico originally, right? I'm I, yes, I was born in Albuquerque, and then but so, sort of simultaneously grew up in Iowa as well. Oh. So I have kind of grew up in those two places. So I was going to say, I spent a lot of time in Taos, New Mexico for a number of years. Oh, and I worked wow. on the Pueblo and um, the Earthships. Day School. Yes. Yeah. That's, and so I was that's barefoot a... a lot there on the on the ground. That's You touched sacred ground. That's beautiful. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're going very X-Files into the mysticism and yes, aliens. Ooh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is true. So, um, 
So Zach and I were able to uh, rewatch Shag the other evening um, with my wife, and it is her one of her favorite movies of all time. Um, it was delightful for me for for two reasons, and it's been about probably thirty years since I had seen Shag. I don't Zach for you yeah, as well. Yeah, about the same for me as well. About yeah. the same, but it was delightful because I got to see like my wife delight in it, which somehow I haven't. You know, we've been married like. A million years and I have no idea that she loved this movie so much and quoted every line um, but also like your performance in that movie is so um, it's so grounded and so real yeah where you are everything that that your character Pudge is going through we're like yep relate to that I relate to that I relate to that I relate to that I relate to that and um, and so certainly uh, you know and, and you're my wife's favorite character and always always have been um, as well and not to just you know give you compliment after compliment but it was i mean we were we were like blown away like like this is the like the best performance i've ever seen in a movie as far as <laughs> just so grounded in your character mm, thank you i which is interesting because i wasn't you know I'm, I'm not southern nor um am i a dancer or you know um didn't grow up sort of rich in the south <laughs> but you know, I did the character Pudge uh, for me. It's amazing how how much a that movie, but b the character, who it resonates with and for, and how long it kind of has remained. So it's it's an honor mm. because I do come across many women of my genre <laughs> who <laughs> really. I think you know she's the heart piece of that movie. Yeah, she really uh, is. And going through the agony of first love and and you know, I kind of I kind of feel that way still. I'm I'm just always a little bit like a little bit of a misfit. I don't fit in. I I I'm not quite with the popular girls. I'm not as cool. I'm kind of a dork. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> sit under a table with one person at a party than be in the midst of many, you know. Agree. You would you mean you wouldn't want to be uh you know shacking up with uh Robert Russell's character Buzz, in the, on the Buzz. yacht? <laughs> or be with uh Buzz. You yeah. know, or uh the, the uh the He's a sweet potato. He is a sweet potato. He's a sweet potato, yeah. Every, <laughs> or you don't want to win know, the contest, you know. It's it's funny too because on on sometimes people want me to either on cameo or whatever, or when I meet people, they want me to do say the line about the boner right the southern the boner um it's, it's not a muscle it's a bone um but i i it's you know it's such an awkward I, but there i just did it for you guys this, oh, thanks. <laughs> thank you yeah we didn't, you, we didn't have to join cameo so thank you right, right, right. <laughs> it is a trip though that that yeah your character really stands out we, we were talking about this when we were watching it you have so many moments that like Dustin said are relatable in the sense that it just feels a lot more real you kind of you are the the heartbeat of the movie the that that the thing that kind of you have the biggest kind of arc throughout the mm -hmm. whole film and it's really refreshing um like you said you you stand out you're a misfit I can relate to that Dustin mm -hmm. can relate to that I probably you know, wear that as a badge of honor nowadays. When I was a teenager or, or in my early 20s, I was so awkward and uncomfortable and didn't know who I was and or knew who I was but wanted to fit in, you know. And nowadays, 
I tell yeah. my son, I'm like, it's better to stand out than fit in, you know? Yeah. And you as a parent can relate to that too with your kids, right? Oh God, absolutely. I, I have such tenderness for, for that time in, you know, anyone's adolescence and um, just emotional growth. It's such a, such a painful time, right? It is. Um, and still is today, although in very different ways because of social media and connection and, yes, you know, I, there's something so sweet about that movie and, and, you know, but to, to give credit to the casting, you know, the, the, the group of those of us together, Paige Hanna, Phoebe Cates, um, Bridget Fonda and myself and Scott Coffey, you know, Robert Russler. It was just such a, so a, yeah, really special, you know how, when that magic happens, uh, it was, it was a blast of a movie to film in Myrtle beach, but it was also, it was hot and sweaty and the dance sequence that Kenny Ortega, you know, the famed choreographer, um, who I worked with again, um, you know, it was just, we had to learn to, to do the shag and we had to, we weren't quite as good as the locals, you know? So it was, uh, <laughs> it was very stressful. I remember being, it was, there was a lot to, a lot of, you know, I, I had a high, there was a lot of work for that. Well, dare I save some of the best dance sequences next to Saturday Night Fever, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Sincerely, like, you know, because they're not cutting away or having these shots of your, you know, from the shoulders up. Like, the, look, at, right. look at my dance move, and then they're cutting to the feet, you know? <laughs> yeah, Kenny was very, thank God, I'm, I'm, and we worked our asses off, you know? And oh, so so Stagger Lee, that's my, like, if we want to talk about music, Stagger Lee is the song I associate with Shag. Nice. I was standing on the corner when I heard my bark. He was barking at the two men who were gambling in the dark. It was Stagger Lee and Billy, two men who gambled. Stagger Lee. It was the song to which Scott and I did the final dance competition. Yep. And so, you know, it's just forever embedded into my memory and my mind, everything. Just uh, even I can still do the dance steps, the routine. Just you completely, can? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yep. Yep, for sure. That's I awesome. love it. I, I'm, such, I'm such a terrible dancer. I'm more like um, John Cryer was in Hiding Out. And as a roller skater too, my wife is yeah. just like, you just, you just stand there and look pretty and, uh, and I'll, and I'll roller skate around you, you know? <laughs> I feel like roller skating is very deceiving because you get, you put them on and you're like, okay, I'll just move my knee and I'll move. And then you don't move. And then, no. you know, at least I've I need never that moved. cart. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, I'll be out there for hours and never, never You can't move, shoot the right? duck, Dustin. You can't. Right, I can't shoot the duck. I can't walk the dog or. Hammer Moonlight, the or yeah, the crossover step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. You said, I, the, yes, Dustin, you said hammer in your rooster? What is, is that what you call Oh, it? I don't know. I was just animal <laughs> metaphors that might uh, be applicable to roller skating in right. the off in the off chance. Um, no, I, I, I just, you just told me what that move is for the first time. I don't even know what that, what these are. But um, 
<laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe one day back on the back on the rink. Right. When we all get vaccinated and we're Indeed. all Indeed, yeah, yeah. My God. I do feel like roller skating is one of those things where you know, like when you're not good at it and then enough years go by and you're like, I guess I just don't need to try that hard. But that's such a weird approach to it. You know, that's it really should be the opposite. Like if I I guess if I cared enough to be a great roller skater, then I would become one maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. I hope. Well, you know, I think a few years ago, roller skating birthday parties were kind of back in for my kids. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've, I found in returning to that, I'm a little bit like, maybe it's just age or brittle bones or fear or whatever. It's like, do I need, I could fall. I could really hurt myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And oh, have your kids seen Hiding Out? No, you know. My husband and I were talking about this because over the quarantine, we've really been, we've, it's been like a cinema, history of cinema with our family because we've had so much time. Love that. Um, and yet, I don't know if it's because I'm so reticent, but like we, they haven't seen any of my films. And How dare they? Well, I, I, it could be because of me. I, not that anything's... You know, certainly in the 80s movies that are um, risque. I mean, I definitely don't want my sons to watch my Sons of Anarchy scenes. <laughs> but um, but those movies are so pure and beautiful. But I'm, I'm just very shy about, A, I hate watching myself. I don't like to rewatch anything. I see it once and then I'm done. And B, you know, it's just strange with your children. You want them to know... You know, I suppose as I'm getting older, they'll 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 watch it when they're ready. Yeah, no, that yeah. makes sense. I I just think in terms of you're going to roller skating parties. And yes. You might want to <laughs> yeah. see what mom That's has right. done. That's well, guys, right, guys. Just this clip. Just sh I'm going to show you this clip, and then mm -hmm. that's it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I was I I I was I think about the that roller skating scene and hiding out. And I cringe every time because I feel personally like, oh, I've been there, done that, flopped yeah. on my face. And but your character in that movie, I don't know. We we talked about this, Dustin and I. We did an episode, um, top five Keiths in our prep for Keith Coogan. We talked about okay. our favorite Keith actors. Actors Who I love, by the Keith. way. I just recently connected with, reconnected with Keith, and he oh, is yeah. still as charming and joyful and just he and his wife I, I met and just was so happy to see them again and speaking of cinema it. history i mean yes totally totally he's he's all over that yes he's sorry Zach, go back you were no no I, I was i was just saying that um that we said in our top five keith's episode when dustin was saying hiding out is one of his favorite keith movies right <laughs> and yeah. so i was saying how you you have such a genuine warmth on screen every time uh, especially in those early films and your career has really it's it's so vast and so versatile and you were talking about endurance in the beginning of this episode it's so true that you've worn so many different hats throughout your career but always coming back to that idea even if you're playing like you know on the bridge your character on the bridge was kind of devious and mm -hmm. cunning and which I love by the way I thought mm -hmm. you were wonderful in that that's especially the first season is just like fantastic but um but still this warmth of like uniqueness, I guess. And I, so I guess you're, when you were speaking about how feel, you felt like a misfit or, you know, someone of an outsider, mm -hmm. I think that's what the appeal is of seeing you on screen. 
Because you're like, yeah, no, she's not everybody else. You know, it's like he's not that typical action star. He's this guy. You know, you have this presence on screen, which is so inviting. And I just, you know, to piggyback on Dustin's compliments, I have to say the same thing. It's just it's really fantastic to see you see the performances you've had and the growth you've had and how different all of these roles are. Thank you, Zach. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I think maybe that's why I haven't really watched the movies with the boys because I feel so vulnerable. You know, those early, I was literally plucked from the cornfields of Iowa for my very first film at, at 13, Desert Bloom. Yeah. And then I went on this kind of amazing role like of um, just these great 80s movies, you know, like Mystic Pizza. I think I did Shag first, then I did Hiding Out, and then I did Mystic Pizza. And it was all while I was in high school in Iowa. That's crazy. And, That's amazing. And it was, you know, it was really kind of hard to go back and forth between and I had never really been to Hollywood I was just on these movie sets I was clearly uh, willing I loved acting I loved being that uh, sort of open uh, vessel or you know force Um, but but now I see it and I, I I it's like fuck, man, I was vulnerable. I've really, you no know, doubt. it's hard to grow up on screen. Yeah. And yeah. And then also, like I said, like I, I mean, it's uh, most of those movies that I was in, every other actor kind of catapulted into massive stardom, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so just, like I said, I'm, I've never been this cookie cutter movie star actor i'm a bit more you know i don't know what i am but <laughs> well well you said you said you did uh desert bloom at 13 yeah and that must have been a trip so like how did how did that come about it was you know i had started acting in locally in cedar falls iowa the mecca of the industry <laughs> of course <laughs> fun fact about iowa i think it was one of the first schools in the country to have um to make their their focus mindfulness and i i forget specifically oprah did a whole yeah, episode on it there's a, a maharishi there's some sort of temple yes. in iowa i think um that that yes was very uh early on prescient about all the mindfulness it's pretty cool yeah um but so Desert Bloom was just a fluke. Uh, my parents were professors. I knew I liked acting. My dad was at a conference in Minneapolis for Western literature or something. And there just happened to be an open casting call for this film called Desert Bloom. And I auditioned for it. And I was one of 800 girls. And then I was one wow. of 20. And then I was one of two. And it was, at the time, between Winona Horowitz and I, Winona Ryder. <laughs> Winona Horowitz, yeah. yes. Yeah. Wow. So wild, right? Like that was my beginning. And I had zero clue about the industry, but just fell into working with John Voight and Ellen Barkin and um, Joe Beth Williams, you know, in this incredible little indie film that was very powerful. Indie, but but when a time when indie wasn't cool 
Yeah. It was Sundance. <laughs> right. It was it was literally Sundance when Sundance started with Waldo Salt, like yep. the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a trip. Yeah. That's Crazy. good. That's that gives me chills just thinking about how you said eight hundred, then down to twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, Dustin and I are both actors and, and I was a kindergarten teacher for fifteen years and then got into acting, um, voice acting specifically. And so I always equated it to being in a long-term relationship that was stable and then suddenly dating again, you know, where you go out on that first date and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. Uh And then you never hear from the person again. You're like, well, I thought we had a thing, you know, (laughs) we had this connection. That's a very good analogy, except I would argue that it's never a stable relationship. No, it's not. (laughs) Never. Never. And and you're in debt because you pull, you know, you spend all this money on the, you pay for the date, you know? Well, yeah. I would go to a fancy restaurant. <laughs> That's right. And then you're in debt. And then... That's right. So true. But when you have that level of success at 13, did did that give you a, a stronger sense of of self and confidence, or was it or was it the opposite? You know, I think um, it's one of the reasons that I did take time. Right when Mystic Pizza came out, much to the chagrin of my agent at the time, I did go to college because I wasn't. I would not have sustained any sort of uh, emotional well-being had I come straight from high school in Iowa, yeah. even though I'd had this success, to L.A. I just didn't have that. Amazing. Uh, no, I didn't have the scaffolding of that. Um, so I going to college really gave me that. So to answer your question, um, no. I mean, I was always a insecure, awkward, growing up adolescent who was fumbling my way through. You know, and it was – I remember – I went to the homecoming dance in Cedar Falls, Iowa with my boyfriend at the time and then had to go from there to the Waterloo airport to get into a private jet to fly to New York for the Today Show for to be on with uh, Julia and Lily. It was such a, you know, so you can see how that's a little fucking confusing. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. It's like, okay. Yeah. That's really awesome. That's really- yeah, but my parents, to their credit, again, like gave me, kept me very grounded, and certainly my uh, because I stayed in high school in Iowa and didn't get my GED, and because I then went to college, which was kind of uh, expected, as both of my parents are professors. You know, like I do think that that's why I'm I have such a normal life now. I still, I, you know, I work a lot, which I'm, you know, grateful for. Um, but I really have a lot of balance in my life, too. My life is very, you know, carpool, mundane, all that shit. Excellent. <laughs> Packed lunches. Sleepovers. <laughs> yep. Well, that's a job in itself, too, though. You know? Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Are you guys in L.A.? We are. I'm in Santa yeah. Monica. Okay. Oh, great. Okay. And I'm in Altadena. Altadena. So when you mentioned roller rinks, I thought of that the one in uh, what is it North, like uh, Northridge. Yes, think. yes, that's the one where we have gone for these birthday parties. Yeah, yeah. I used to teach at a school called Buckley in uh, the oh, valley. Oh, of course, yeah. And so the kids would always be like, "Mr. Schaefer, will you come to my birthday party at, at the <laughs> oh, Northridge, awesome. whatever?" And then it would always come back to. A, well, I use the the excuse, well, as a teacher, I can't go to your birthday party because if I do, I have to go to everybody's birthday party. Right. But the reality was, because I can't skate, I was just going to show up <laughs> oh. and I didn't want to look like an ass. Right. So, so it would have never respected you again. Yeah. 
Mr. Schaefer can't skate. He so can't there's skate. this idea of Mr. Schaefer can do anything. And then right. suddenly, then they see. The reality. Yes. Yes. But yeah, so here you are at the Today Show promoting Mystic Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, okay. So, uh... I just, I want to personally go back a little bit to hiding out when you got yeah. cast for that. Mm. I'm assuming there was not another 800 no, no. I mean, I, I remember, I think I auditioned for it. And um, what a blast that movie was. We shot in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we all lived in condos on the beach in Wrightsville Beach. Again, like before that was, that became like Dawson's Creek and, you know, the Mecca yeah. North Carolinian cinema. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it was, uh, I don't, I, I, I just remember it being kind of a, a, I was super happy to get that. I had obviously known John because of Pretty in Pink. He'd done Pretty in Pink yeah. before. Yep. And so I was coming home. And, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I love that movie. So it was awesome. And then he is truly one of the nicest, funniest, most generous guys. I, I, I loved every minute of working with him. Funny, 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 funny. Yeah. And just like, it seems like so much fun. Being on set with, you know, a unique story, you know, yep. not not typical, not your typical high school story. No, no. I, I, but that was a movie that was, um, you know, as while Shag was very complicated and hot and in depth, Hiding Out was just a fun, just a fun job all the way around. Every element was just That's fun. That's great. Yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um one thing I did want to mention about about Shag is that's so um, uh, unique about it is that it is one of the few coming of age stories in the '80s uh, for women, um, which you really you know there's there's hundreds for 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 dudes and um, yeah and so th- and so it's I feel like it's extra powerful um, as a film. Yeah, you know, um, I kind of cringe at the term chick flick obviously, but, but Glad I did not say that. Then. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, it's, <laughs> it's also a cute term. It's very cute. Um, but I, you know, between shag and mystic pizza and both were really, really, um, popular for women, you know? And, and again, I think because both of them, they, they spotlighted the emotional angst of, young of what adolescence into maturity is for young women in realistic mm-hmm. terms not you know fancy just really kind of authentically you know it felt like it had a like an autobiographical vibe throughout it didn't feel like this which one shag shag did yeah yeah it did not feel cliche it really didn't i, I mean i know it's a period piece but um and obviously the the 50s and 60s were so popular in the 80s because of people you know from that generation making movies and like oh yeah everyone's going to love this but it was it was an interesting um collaboration too because you know the screenwriter was Robin Swicord who is still so prolific and her daughter is Zoe Kazan um and she's married to Nick Kazan a lot of talent in that family right yeah no doubt um but so Robin wrote the screenplay and but it was directed by Zelda Baron and produced by um, Stephen Woolley, who were both British. So it had this very yep. interesting hmm. 
I don't know, multinational, you know, it was just kind of yeah. a very interesting collaboration between Brits and Americans and and somehow maybe that maybe that helped. But I don't know if it's an autobiography as a story. I don't know the origins of it, actually. I can't remember. Well, yeah, I, I you know, assuming that it's not, but just in that sense that it, it, it feels so genuine mm. and uh, and real. Yeah. And what that an I'm... interesting time for like Phoebe Cates, who kind of, you know, we're going into a different stage of her career. Yes. And then Bridget Fonda kind of on the beginning of her career. Yeah. Right? And 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 obviously Paige Hanna. I look at Paige Hanna like, oh, you're from Creep Show too. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but different stages. Everybody's added their career. And again, coming back to your character, uh, where I'm like, yeah, but I like I like Pudge the most because <laughs> Pudge is like the one that that's no no offense, but that's the buddy you want to hang out with. Yeah, you know. Yeah. For but sure. the buddy's the one you end up like having the deepest connection with. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. That's true, and I think, um, I think it, that was definitely there on the page. It's interesting. We had a reunion at um, the Screen Actors Guild a couple years ago, I think, and oh, the cool. only one Paige was there. But you know, Phoebe doesn't act anymore. No. Bridget doesn't act anymore. Um, Scott Coffey's a filmmaker. Uh, and you know it's it's interesting again like back to that word of endurance i don't know if it's maybe it's um <laughs> maybe maybe everyone else decided not to be a glutton for punishment like i am still <laughs> i know but you but you clearly you're doing love great. what you're yeah, doing yeah, you know I, you clearly I love, love it. it i love it and i i also you know i am one of those people who i very much love to work i'm a better human when i have a focus and a job and uh, a schedule. Uh, so I'm not selective in the sense of like, I'm crafting my career based on only these projects. Like I love working and I love yeah. people. Uh, so I'm proud of the fact that I'm, you know, I, I, I am working and I'm, st I, there's still work for me to do. Clearly I'm, I'm, uh, I, I do feel more confident now. Um, just because it's, you know, as, as you age, you're just like, oh, fuck it. I accept myself. <laughs> That's the key right there, yeah. I think. Right. I wake up every morning trying to do that. Look I in the know, mirror. I know. I'm smart enough. Good enough. Gosh <laughs> darn it. People like me. Affirmations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Affirmations are the key. Yeah. Who would have thought um, that Stuart Smalley would be the. Uh... <laughs> he was he was the harbinger of, of days to come. <laughs> but you're saying that you shot. So. You didn't shoot these films like obviously in sequence. You know, you you said you might be maybe made Shag first and then hiding out in the Mystic Pizza, perhaps. Yes, I made Shag first. I was sixteen because I remember. Oh no no no! I turned sixteen when I was making Hiding Out because there's a funny story with my friend Kirsten who was um, helping me learn to drive, and we went out for the first time in a car, and I left the key the, left the car running or something like that, something silly <laughs> on Wrightsville Beach. Um, yeah, so oh, no. I was, maybe I was, I feel like, God, maybe I did hiding out first. I, I have to figure it out, but I know, I know shag and hiding out. They were all pretty close together within a three year period or two year period because I was 16 and 17. Uh, yeah, I was sick and a little, and my, cause, because I was going back and forth between high school and crazy. 
So that so that age difference between you and John Cryer was kind of legit. It was. It was Awkward. legit. Yeah. Scandalous. <laughs> well, and on Mystic Pizza, I remember, you know, I had to make out with Billy Moses. And, yep. you know, oh. it's like my mom was there at the time as my <laughs> guardian. And she's like, I'm just going to stay at the hotel. You know? <laughs> right. Good idea, mom. <laughs> I'm not going to be on set for that one, even though it, it's probably illegal. <laughs> right that's that's true yeah now it, it's funny because i would go to movies with my mom and i'd see a love scene in a movie like romancing the stone and i was oh, so yeah. uncomfortable because i'm sitting next to my mom and i'm just like oh, this is really Ew. awkward you know yeah and then the reverse your mom's from like oh this is really awkward I so <laughs> awkward totally that's pretty cool though that they allowed me to do it you know they knew that i had the emo and it was safe it was always very yeah. safe and respectful and because these stories were so heart-based and authentic, you know, they knew there was a value to that artistically, you know? Well, Mystic Pizza has this, I would say, that seems to be like, you know, a quintessential 80s movie. The right? chick flick. The it is. Chick flick. It is, quote. yeah. Um, and that launched Matt Damon's career, by the way. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, the school ties and yeah. <laughs> right. Um, to talk, it, it, one of the things that that um, I get a lot of uh, comments on, especially from women, is that scene where I cry after I've found out that that uh, my the babysitter that I'm screwing is married, <laughs> <laughs> and and for me that was this is a segue back to our music discussion yeah, i was just about to ask great <laughs> i on repeat i played the song fragile by sting Ooh. oh wow yes that's so a that song. that's a, an association a musical association for, for mystic pizza as is though um the aretha franklin song that we all sing yep. in the car I, I have a, a really random musical uh, situation as well where the um, When He's Not a Stranger opening credits song plays in my head nearly every week. He's and, not joking. Um, He's not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I just revealed this to Zach last week. Last week. The fact that you've seen When He's Not a Stranger is a, a It, it left a, a big impression on me, you know, because I was just like, I was like, ooh, college is scary. Um, <laughs> Don't be a rapist. It was, yeah, I was like, okay, don't be a rapist, number Seriously, one. Um, it was like that movie in like high, Higher Learning, which had like Michael Rappaport as a Nazi. Like those two movies, oh, I was yeah. like, oh yeah, colleges. Um, but not not that it was, not that When He's Not a Stranger is, is scary, um, exactly, but it's it was memorable. You and, What's the song? The song goes like, it's like, so it's a made-for-TV movie, right? So, oh, you, so right. the credits are, are um, so, but the song is like, dun, 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 dun. It's just piano. 
and then it, and then it layers music. Wow! But my entire life since I've seen that song, it will just get in there, and then sometimes I'll forget. I'm like, what am I singing? Oh yeah, Witty's not a stranger. That makes. <laughs> I so, love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's very random, and um, yeah, I just. But isn't that fascinating? I do think that uh, you know who's the famous doctor who wrote about it? How music. Uh, it wasn't Oliver Sacks, but it was someone else who was just how music helps encode things and neural mm -hmm. pathways and everything. But I, I think that's really interesting how music it's, can just like it's that. it's crazy and it's and so and it's also like the credits are coming up, but it's you and your friend in, in various still shots of innocence. Uh huh. You know, so oh god, so it's like before oh. that dark turn. Oh you know, Jesus! It's just, yeah, what uh, painful, <laughs> painful. <laughs> Welcome no, to painful two dollar late fees. <clears throat> oh, yeah, no, I, it's this is like walk down memory lane, pain and anguish. <laughs> You're stepping on glass like that guy in Venice. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, at, at any point, yeah, if you want to us no. to back out, we certainly no, can. I'm good. I'm we can talk good. about any number of things, but no, I appreciate. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that you appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really, I need to go back and uh, find that and listen to it. It's on YouTube. It's, it's on, on YouTube. Okay, it's, great. It's very accessible. Actually, like, I remember that was the last project I did before. In fact, I was late to my freshman year of college. Um, of course you were, because you were terrified. You're like, I don't want to go to college. It's like Jaws for you. <laughs> totally. I've removed it from my brain, though. Don't go to college. But that was a deep performance. It was pretty guttural, like, right? Like, I'm, I'll never forget this like very long monologue I had about reenacting the, you know, reliving the the date rape experience. And... With Kevin Dillon, right? Remember Kevin was in that yeah. movie? Yep. Um, but I don't think, I think Dustin, and you are maybe one of 10 people who has seen it and are haunted by the well, music. Badge of honor. Badge of honor, honestly. Oh, Dustin right. and I, Dustin and I did an episode, with our, our top five most traumatic movies. That traumatic one T or D? Dramatic. Traumatic. Traumatic. traumatic oh. With a T. Okay. And like things that scarred us from our youth, uh -huh. you know? And why it stays with you to this day. Ugh. But there's something about that. There's, I mean, it was obviously an intense performance. And, yeah. um, you know, something like a scene from Salem's Lot where there's a vampire at the window and scratching, let me in, let me in. Oh, yeah. You know, but that one didn't factor into our top five. But Right. <laughs> How about no, top five it, obscure, yeah. random, it's... never seen movies of the week, MOWs? <laughs> I mean, most oh, man, of our I... top five lists are that anyway. Okay, um, well, that's good. It's good to be random and obscure. We go down a deep path. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna bring up the fact that we had uh, Ari Gross on our show. Oh yeah, Coop Deville. Yeah, and we talked about Coop Deville. Deville. I'm a huge Mike Binder fan. Um, I'm Me from too. Michigan originally, so uh, I really related and connected to his films early yeah. on, Coop Deville mm -hmm. and uh, Crossing the Bridge and uh, Indian Summer. Right? Yeah, Indian Summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah really like kind of underrated in my opinion. Coupe de Ville, I think is a very underrated film, mm -hmm. uh, underappreciated. And Ari kind of walked us through why that movie didn't become as, as successful as maybe it should have been. Oh, uh, I would be curious to know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, you got to listen to that episode. No, okay, I will. I've got, my God, I've got to go back. Uh, traumatic episodes, Ari Gross. <laughs> I listened to the one with Keith. 
Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah Keith is, uh, you know, so great coming on our show and, and, and when the pandemic first hit for us, cause we would have in-studio guests oh, and it was so yeah. nice having people sit down with us and, you know, kind of walking through everything. Matt Adler was, I think our last one we did in studio. Um, or maybe it was Eric Roberts. I forget. Anyways. Tough to know. It yeah. Ari, like nine years ago. Blur's right? day. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all blur yeah. now. Um, but Ari was talking about how, how, you know, the, the, I think the producer of that film went on to go to another studio. And so Universal. The director of the film. The director. Sorry. The director, the director of the film became like the biggest producer. Yes. Yes. That's what it was. Or, Fox, or it's not, not, not producer. Sorry. He was a director who became the big one of the biggest studio heads. Yes. Like massive. Mm. So, yeah, it was um, probably fraught with all kinds of politics. Which is such a shame because, you know, that film, I think, like, can you talk about some of your experiences on that one? Did you enjoy making that one? Yeah. You know, I, it was um, I, I it was very uh, brief. I think they yeah. were because I only flew down to Florida and spent a couple weeks. Um, spent a lot of time in the South. Yeah, I have, you know, and, <laughs> really I, and I loved it, obviously, So, because I, I went to Duke. I stayed in North Carolina there for a go. while. I love it. Um, but, yeah, most of my stuff was with Ari, and but it was that was an interesting time because it was Patrick Dempsey. Yep. Um, Daniel Stern. Had, yep, Daniel Stern. Uh, and it was, you know, that weird 50s time i remember you know my hair and makeup was all 50s but it was it was good i don't remember anything distinctly you know strange Awful. or interesting or, yeah. about it well you bring up you bring up your hair and i know when we were watching shag the other night uh dustin's wife Erin said i want to i want to give i want to put some product in her hair so bad in the opening <laughs> totally hair was wonderful yeah. and i can relate to that too i used to have really longer hair and and frizzy and it, it was just I have to put a lot of I still put a lot of product in my yeah hair, so. yeah that, that was in fact that I'll never forget that was an issue because I had like fluffy weird hair that didn't do well with the humidity in Myrtle Beach yep. and so hairspray didn't even work and it never matched and like it was always a thing <laughs> and then you end up thinking like oh shit it's my fault this scene sucks because my hair is fluffy <laughs> <laughs> no, I. The only hair I ever That's saw weird. like that was a, a principal of mine at a former school I used to teach at. In the shadow she cast looked like Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> Helmet. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You knew she was coming. <laughs> yeah. Down the hall. <laughs> was not as sweet as Pudge. So. No. Right. You know what we're watching as a family now is Freaks and Geeks. Have you guys ever? Oh, it's the best so great it's the best it is brilliant sheer brilliance and i'm glad we hadn't watched it until now because we're watching it with my teenage kids yeah very relatable and the, but the music oh my that's what fascinates me too is like how can you not hear a song for decades and yet you hear it or watch it and then it's you know all the words it's still yep. locked in your brain that's fascinating yep. to me i i think this documentary was I don't know how much truth was in this documentary and how much was kind of um, cooked up, but there's a documentary about water and music and the power that music has on water and how oh, it shapes wow. the molecules. And they, they did this test where they put water next to classical music and then they put water next to heavy metal, hard, like death metal. Oh, cool. And they showed the molecules changing. 
Um, there's been people that are speculated that it's nah, it's made up or whatever. I, I like, don't know. I, look, I feel for like me, I've I'm seen like, something about that. Not? Yeah. The power of music with water. But you were saying, you know, what the, these songs resonate with you. Yeah. Obviously, the songs for your the, the three standout 80s movies that we talked about connected with certain songs and and have stayed with you. If you heard that song again on the radio, you probably start singing along to it like it was yesterday. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Fascinating. Yeah. I love that. I, th- I, I that the power of we often talk about how a mu- a song can change a movie. You know, it, it can make or break it. Oh yeah. If the soundtrack's not good, then totally agree. It, yeah, it can hurt the tone. You know. Yeah, and we're also savvy now. We we you can tell when they clearly didn't have a good music budget, you know, or something. <laughs> That's they, right. they couldn't get the rights to that song, so they kind of got us secondhand. You know. <laughs> yeah, there was a movie, there was a animated movie that came out a couple of years ago that I thought was brilliant in its concept, but the score was not very good. It was uh, just very generic. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you got to have these certain artists in the movie to make it punch. But but yeah. they didn't focus that on the on the movie. What, and what movie was that for our context? Onward. Onward. Oh, okay. Onward. Onward. Got, it. got it. Which was the, these these kids go on a quest to, to save their father who's died and they can bring him back for one day. It's a really... It's a Pixar movie. It's a sweet story, Disney mm. movie. But the music was all, uh, you know, very forgettable score, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. these kids are playing Dungeons and Dragons and wearing, like, death metal jackets. Where's the Iron Maiden? Where's the Motorhead? Where's yeah. ACDC Thunderstruck as they're going to f- rescue their father, you know? Yeah. But yeah. it is what it is. These film yeah. scores, it, it can make or break a film. Where's the 80s music in Wonder Woman 84? Exactly. I'm still looking for it. I haven't found it. I don't yeah. know. And again, yeah. like, look, I'm always aware of, you know, constantly being a critic, right? Critic, critic, criticize, right. whatever. Gal right. Gadot right. is a major, amazing human female. Yes, totally. And no so doubt. is Jenkins, but um, weird. I, I just have to say uh, one more shout out about the bridge, um, you know, because I often feel like people forget that show. Mm, you know? Yeah. It came out yeah. at a interesting time when um the killing i think was really popular at that oh, I, time yeah bridge, yeah it was, was weird so the, the bridge had a lot of internal politics that were not that did not uh foster long-term success and then mm, i feel like i feel like both the bridge and brotherhood two of my favorite cable shows that i was on just got like mm. cut, cut too soon yeah that's a shame yeah mm-hmm. but you've had these opportunities to play so, like we've said in the beginning of the show, so many different characters. Now, now, so many f- shows. In my forties, it was all about cocaine and sex and guns, and <laughs> now it's going to happen in my fifties. Who knows? Right. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. In your 50s, um, it well, becomes a whole new thing. I know. Right. We're nearing the end of our time. We do want to give you the opportunity to promote whatever you'd like to talk about. Summer secrets, maybe. What, whatever. Yeah. I, I June fifth, I have a special movie airing on Lifetime. It's the story of Jennifer Farber-Dulos, who, uh, a woman who was killed by her husband, and uh, they still haven't found her body. So it's a really, uh, it's a really tragic, but still ongoing investigation. Um, So that there's, yeah, that, that, I can't wait for Dustin, you to hear, tell me if you like the soundtrack to that. Um, June, uh, June 5th, too. that is, and then on Lifetime. And then 
on Netflix in October. Uh, I'm very excited about Midnight Mass, the newest uh, Mike Flanagan story, which uh, I was in his uh, Haunting of Hill House, and yes. which yes. is was great. As this, I am just this Midnight Mass is going to rock people's world. It is oh, excited. Going to be rad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I love the process of making films and t- television shows, whatever it is. I just fucking love it. I, and as I'm sure you both do too, like otherwise we wouldn't sustain it. We'd go do something more stable and yeah. we wouldn't be t- having this conversation for sure. Cer- right certainly, yeah. certainly. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to meet you both. Um, this has been a lovely, this has been a genuinely, some of these are, painful af but this was truly i guess you know because we're speaking as peers and fellow thespians and so well i can tell you i can tell you that we have heard that before where people have said thank you so much for like not yeah you know being so. dorks and jackasses. Yeah. Dorks and jackasses. Well, I, mean, I is, like dorks. So let's. But, but that's the that. perfect testimonial, really, for us. <laughs> okay. Most of these are painful as fuck. But $2 late fee was okay. But pain, yeah, $2 late fee didn't suck. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Okay. It's really an honor. Um, Thanks so much. Yeah, and, you yes. two guys. Thank you. Thank you. I hope to meet you in person one day. Yeah. That's our goal. Same here. Okay. Da-na-na-na. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go find that song. Okay, bye. Yes, bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2 Late Fee Podcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 